Welcome to Make Out With Him, a crushes, dating, friendship and kissing podcast hosted by love amateurs Lex Croucher and Rosianna Holtz-Rojas. We are here to give you bad advice whether you want to make out with him, her, them, everybody or nobody. And you would think that seeing as we say the same thing every week, we would just like pre-record this spiel and then like play the same one every time. But we don't. We do it manually and by hand. Isn't that fascinating? We're analog people. We're fresh just for you. (laughs) Um, as you might remember, this is a podcast in progress and we'll have guests in the future who aren't people like us. You can send your questions to makeoutwithhim at gmail.com or use the hashtag makeoutwithhim on Twitter or tweet at makeoutwithhim. And please include the pronouns and the name you'd like us to call you or just anonymous. Or just any other name. A rose by any other name would still be asking us questions on the podcast. Fact. That's what as Shaky said. said. Yeah, Shaky, yeah. Shaky boy. Billy Shakes. Billy Shakes. Um, <laughs> how are you? I'm all right. Weird old time in London and just in the UK. Yeah. And just what is yeah. happening? No one knows. This podcast is now, is it a week? Are we a week ahead? I mean, are we a week behind? I think we're a week ahead. Right. We're a week behind. behind. So we're yeah, behind. the people, you people listening to this might know more than us about what's happening with the future of the these United Kingdoms. But um, we don't. We don't know anything. It's all up in the air. The other day, Theresa May went to a church and the protesters got so angry outside that she couldn't leave and she was literally trapped in a church, which I probably shouldn't have found amusing, but I did. She's the worst. Um, this has become such a... I it funny because it seemed very, like, Shakespearean to me. Yeah, yeah. It's like she's being forced to It's like a revolution. <laughs> trapping, the, trapping the rich, privileged knobheads in a church. I I feel like this has become a political podcast, (laughs) but there's just so much going on in politics. And I feel like you can't, like, if you ask someone how they are and politics is a large part of their life, it's hard not to talk about politics, you know? Yeah. And also because we both live in London and having, yeah, grown up in the UK and seeing the kind of like systematic inequality and then seeing things happen that very closely linked to that it's hard not to think like every second of every day well obviously yeah it's so um, frustrating it's like of course this is gonna happen it's so horrifying just like these inevitable awful things that you just watch play out in the exact way that everyone always thought they would and it's just oh it's not good but it's um, not great but there are good things happening lord came out with a new album yes she did that just for us the killers my number one faves came out with a new song nice um what other good things are happening you went to see bell and sebastian i went to see bell and sebastian supported by a couple of good bands slow club and honeyblood who are really good they're uh they're like two two scottish women and they were really fun to watch and afterwards I they were standing behind us when we were watching Bell and Sebastian and I just like scurried over and was like you guys are really good and then ran away again it's just really it's very creepy of me but I I feel like when you've oh, had interactions it's lovely for them to hear I don't know but like I feel like when you've had interactions with people like people come up to me not to brag or anything but like when you make YouTube videos sometimes people come up to you in the street and say like hey I love your videos and I always have really nice interactions with people and they are very rarely awkward um but I am especially thankful, especially if it's in like a situation where I'm with a bunch of friends or I'm like busy doing something, people will often come over and say, hi, I watch your videos. 
like and then we'll have like a really brief interaction and then they'll be like cool i'm continuing with my life now you continue with your life and that's actually quite nice because sometimes um when you're not expecting to bump into a person there's a lot of stress in that moment where i'm like i want them to have a really good experience of meeting me i want to make a new friend i want it to be great and and then it's yeah it's just a lot of pressure so it's nice when there's like an end to that interaction that's just very like cool we've seen each other we've said hi like we've taken a picture whatever done yeah i try and limit my interactions with people that i'm like a fan of by just being like hey what you do is cool thanks nice to meet you bye because i feel like that's the most comfortable situation for everyone involved i don't know so best approach even when i plan things to say and i go up they never come out quite right and it never quite works out as i want to i'm like oh i'm going to come up and say this really thoughtful thing that's going to be kind and complete and then i'm going to walk away and then you just what scream at them instead i go up to them talk at them and then get embarrassed and run away <laughs> I rather than being like hi my name's Rosanna you know pause <laughs> which yeah. is what I think practically you should do whenever you're approaching anyone but, yeah um even if your name isn't Rosanna just go up and tell them your name's Rosanna but um <laughs> yeah no I, it's so hard especially when like it's music music is so particular as well because it's been soundtrack to so many things in your life that you don't that person will never know about and it's kind yeah. of intertwined in your life in a very specific way so expressing what that means to them is just impossible. Yeah, I'm always amazed by friends. Like, I have some friends who will see people that they're a fan of, talk to them, and then just have completely normal conversations and sometimes end up, like, hanging out with them and dating them and stuff. And I'm like, how did you get there? Because whenever I see someone like that, I just blather at them. Anyway. I, I'm the only experience that I have where it kind of, oh, I'm going to tell my story. I once was at a Frank Turner concert. <laughs> Rosianna knows the story. And um, I really liked Frank Turner. Like he was probably my favorite artist at the time. I was like very obsessed. And I went to this small show that he did in Winchester, uh, which is near his hometown. And like the pub that we went to, the railway is like referenced in his songs and stuff. Anyway, um, and we were all like, I was completely in awe of him. And afterwards he uh, was like, I'll buy everyone a drink. And so I was standing in the bar and he was like, do you want a drink? And I was like, yeah. And so he bought me and some, like a couple of other people, some shots and we all did shots of whiskey. And he taught me like how to do the shot. That's like to the face, to the place, to Elvis or something. I don't know. It's just like a way that you <laughs> cheers Elvis. Anyway, the point is we did that. And then I was like, well, I went outside and I was like, guys, to my friends, I was like, guys, I just drank with Frank Turner. And they were like, cool um he's behind you though so maybe chill and I was like mm. and he had come over about that part. yeah he had come over to our table because my friend was smoking and was like hey can I bum a cigarette and she was like sure and like handed over a cigarette and he like sat and smoked with us for a bit and I was like okay and then he left and I was like what's happening and then towards like the end of the night when the pub was about to close he was like oh we're having a lock-in you guys should stay and I was like okay so we <laughs> We um, stayed for the lock-in and I still at this point didn't know what was happening just to throw that out there So we stayed for the lock-in and like stayed upstairs in the pub and like played some songs on the piano and all like sang around the piano With Frank Turner who to me was like yeah uh, He was my favorite artist. It was the, the most bizarre experience It was like every fantasy you have when you're like 13 about your favorite band. It was that and um and then we went downstairs and we kept drinking. And at one point we went outside to like cut my friend's hair for some reason. Um, and 
I went back in by myself and he was like, oh, can I have a drink with me? And I was like, okay. So we were just like drinking by the bar. And then I think he leaned in for a kiss. And I was like, oh, I have a boyfriend. And he was like, right. (laughs) Because I think to him it had been very obvious. And to everyone else it had been very, very obvious what was happening. I had no idea. Because it doesn't enter your mind that your favorite artist might be hitting on you. It's like well, and that's what I kind of wanted to like go back and go against everything that I'd said before about like admiring people who'd gone off and ended up dating musicians because it is like a, it's the power dynamic isn't fair there yeah, at all. Yeah, it's weird. Um, and you don't expect it, or like even if you do expect it, the power is never going to be equal there. Yeah. Um, or anything near balanced, I don't think. So yeah, it was really but weird. On the one hand, I'm like, how do you have a normal conversation with someone you admire? Yeah, but then when that escalates to something in a propes but then also I love that you didn't even think about it I love that like you were the one person in the room who was like no I'm just hanging out with this person who I really admire and that's really cool it never crossed my mind that he would be like attracted to me I was just like this is very weird but like all that happened was that I was like oh I have a boyfriend and then we kept drinking together and yeah I think he was still being pretty flirty um but then he was like oh and he was like do you want to come see the tour bus and I was like no no, I don't, Frank, <laughs> because like, you know, there, there are implications. Obviously, you never have to do anything that you don't want to do or anything that you, you know, just going onto a tour bus is going onto a tour bus. That's all it is. But like, it's definitely the way he said it was a bit weighted. And I was like, obviously not. I just told you I have a boyfriend. So yeah, that was it. And he was like, okay, I'm going to go back to my tour bus and eat a sandwich. And it was nice to meet you. And I was like, okay. And so then we just like, you know, end of the night, it was like, 1.30 in the morning. We all went our separate ways. It was the last night of his tour. That So that was weird. And probably the one time when I've acted kind of cool around a famous person. Because I just had no concept of what was happening. But yeah, yeah. that was my time that that thing happened. Interesting. Or not. Who knows? Should we answer some questions on our um, Crushes, Dating, Friendship and Kissing podcast? Listen, this was a... F- crushes friendship dating and kissing no story i that was not a critical comment that For was a, i think that this is a good way to open it was a good um <laughs> grim's tale of <laughs> what happens it was when, a grim grim you know, grim's tale about meeting you your, your heroes. heroes all your heroes want to bone you our first message is actually an update Um, from Runel, who said, Hey, I sent you a message in April asking for advice on how to deal with being broken up with via text that you discussed in the anti-sex serial episode. Just thought that I could update you that now, soon three months after the breakup, I'm mostly over it. It sucked, but time helps like always. I did message him a few times, even though I said I wouldn't, mainly to ask him literally just tell me that I should get over him. Because when we broke up, he left it really open and I found myself kind of waiting for him to get better and maybe message me again or something. But no, it was a really bad, messy, ghosty breakup all in all. But a few weeks ago, I found a new person to crush on who actually seems to want to crush on me too. So I did the getting over someone by getting under someone else thing. And it actually worked. Yay. Thanks for your advice and thank you for this podcast. I'm glad to hear that it all worked out and that you have crushed on a new person. Not that that's always the way, but for some people it's helpful. Um, But also that you gave yourself the time. And I'm sorry it sucked. It is nice to 
be able to like follow up with this kind of thing because I know that everyone knows that you get over things. Like everyone knows that you get your heart broken and you get over it and it takes some time. But it's nice like being able to see that whole process play out within a few episodes of a podcast. You know? Yeah. I don't know what I'm saying. What I'm saying is... No, I feel the same. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I felt a real sense of personal pride. Yeah. And like when I was going through my breakup last year you know you just you really can't see a way out of it at the time but it's just nice seeing all these people like get out of it like you know there is a light at the end of the tunnel and sometimes that light is getting under someone and sometimes the light is just life who knows so wise i'm gonna cross stitch that on a pillow (laughs) please include who knows at the end um this question comes from penguin whisperer and he says I'm a bit puzzled about something. A while ago, when I went on a date with someone I liked and who I wanted to kiss, I just asked them, can I kiss you? But more often than not, they're quite surprised and don't know how to reply to this question that I thought would make everything easier and more respectful. In the end, we usually kissed, but I felt like asking the question didn't really help in any way. So on the past few dates, I just waited silently for body language cues, but then nothing happened, which is quite frustrating. My question is, do you think asking out loud is breaking the mood? Is it breaking the ice? Is it breaking anything? Do you think it's better to just go with the flow, whatever that means, from the penguin whisperer? Oh, I, I, I'm I, quite a fan of verbalizing. <laughs> yeah. I think that it makes it really clear. And it also, even though it might feel awkward on the other side to be like, no sorry it just makes that really clear as well like it can feel like a really awkward moment but it's also going to feel like an awkward moment if it's all body language and then you have less clarity as well and someone might do it because they feel like they have to yeah it's so it's so nice to make that yeah into something that's so clear because so often things are just not obvious and yeah like waiting around for body language cues like everyone acts different ways even when they want to be kissed, like that time when I wouldn't even look at the guy that I wanted to kiss because I was just nervous about the whole thing, but I really wanted to kiss him. So it was like a weird situation. And I actually think that saying like, saying that you want to kiss someone and saying that you would like, you know, asking if it's okay, it's kind of hot, which sounds like I'm being like a really cheesy infomercial, like consent is sexy, but like, I don't know. It's quite nice to be told that you- I think someone telling you what they want to do to you is hot. (laughs) It's like this whole thing as well with things like people who use condoms are always like, oh, it's such a, like one of the reasons people say that they don't or like people say that they don't like to or whatever is that it, it like you said, breaks the mood or like is interrupting. But I think it's really hot. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just stating your intent kind of. Well, not stating, but like, you know, I mean, asking or Acting yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's just, like, I think it's good. No, also, I think the other thing is, like, this is part of structural misogyny, I'm going to say it, that breaking the mood and those concerns about breaking, yeah, like, with condoms and things like that in in heteronormative relationships especially, but also, I think, across the board, is the sense that people always want to be kissed by someone. And that sense that, like, you should always be grateful when, for when someone wants to have sex with you or something like that. So the question, like even raising the question of whether someone wants to um, or acknowledging their role, like decision-making in this, um, is can, I think, feel unnatural because culturally so much of what we have seen over the past however many years has been pushing this idea that people sh- will always be happy to be kissed and always be grateful to be fucked and all of that stuff um so what I think we feel right now is like 
sometimes occasionally breaking the mood of things or as kind of an interruption is slowly becoming more normal and broadly accepted and we will see that more broadly reflected in our culture but it's going to take some time um so i do think that that also has a role to play in in like this shift i yeah i mean it's things like it used to be um considered romantic to just kind of like grab someone and kiss them and there's like films where like a woman is talking and they're like or like fighting and a man's like oh shut up and like grabs her and kisses her and that's meant to be really hot and i'm like nope <laughs> like even from now, like when like like 10 years ago at, yeah like at most yeah and now yeah and i think now it's obvious that like it's not cool to like kiss someone when they probably don't want to be kissed or they might not want to be kissed in a kind of non-consensual way no it makes me think of that so indiana jones and the last crusade is one of my favorite films of all time it has some of the most horrific examples of that i've ever seen like when he grabs the um the woman the nazi woman and just like kisses her and then says i don't like fast women and then like he actually angry kisses him i'm like oh this whole scene is so non-consensual i'm so upset yeah it is that weird like thing where it's supposed to be hot for a guy to like take charge and you know sweep you off your feet and do that kind of stuff but it does take away your like agency in that situation and it's just creepy it's just really creepy indiana mr jones i presume so yeah ask people if you want to kiss them ask people whatever you want to ask them i think it's a good thing and they might be surprised by it at first um but you know what isn't surprising in modern love what are you saying? <laughs> I don't know. I honestly think that sometimes when we're both like tired, um, sometimes we say sentences that are what a bot would say if it was mixing together all our previous sentences. Like that, <laughs> like that thing that like tweets for you based on your previous tweets and makes one that's like a mashup. Sometimes I think that when I'm tired, I just say like some random words and phrases that sound like they're something I would say, but like they're slightly off. They're slightly not think- human. That's the most perfect characterization of our conversations when we're just like not quite synced <laughs> on yep. anything, let alone with each other. <laughs> just, I mean, sometimes we're more synced with each other than we are with the human race. Yeah, with the um, rest of the world. Um, so our next question is from Evie who says, Hi, Rosianna and Lex. I've been dating my boyfriend for six months now, but we met in high school and have been friends for around three years. At the start of last year, he started smoking weed, but because we weren't dating, it was just kind of his thing and didn't impact me that much. Now that we're at uni, though, his smoking habits have really increased daily, and it's rare that I see him when he isn't stoned, which is just not a fun experience for me at all. Whenever we have talked about it in the past, it's always ended with a fight. Is it okay to give someone an ultimatum when it's about an activity that they enjoy, or is that crossing over into the pushy girlfriend zone? Would really appreciate your thoughts or advice. Listening to the podcast brightens up my day. Evie. Oof, I think... Firstly, like, the pushy girlfriend thing is a mean, misogynistic stereotype. And, like, having having frank conversations about things or, like, having expectations in a relationship does not make you a pushy girlfriend. Um, at the same time, I... I think there's even a line in, like, a TV show. There is a line in a TV show. It's the US office where they say something along the lines of, like, no good relationship ever came from, like, having an ultimatum. (laughs) And it sounds harsh, but I think um, you shouldn't have to implement some kind of, like, ultimatum in this kind of situation. It's more like, if you have 
an honest conversation where you say, I don't feel comfortable with this. And I, you know, it's something that's a really big deal to me. Um, you guys have to talk that out together. And maybe he'll say like, oh, I didn't even realize I was doing it so much or, or I want to cut down or I, I don't think that it's anything will be solved by saying like, you have to quit or I'm going to break up with you. Because if you have that like open conversation about it, then you should be able to work out from that conversation whether or not you can have that relationship anymore. If that makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think be really honest about I mean, it sounds like you, you've you already tried to talk about it and it hasn't quite worked out. Um, but I think if you're really honest about what it makes you feel, like, is it that you like him better when he's not stoned, like his personality? Is it that you're kind of left out of the experience? Is it that all of the above? Is it something else? Does, like... I don't know. I think you have to be kind of specific about it rather than like generally I just don't like it, which is also fine, but I feel like the specificity there will maybe help you at least even if it does end communicate what it is that's gone wrong. I had a friend who from uh, an old job and she had a boyfriend who smoked a lot of weed and it it's a weird thing, isn't it? Because like, we don't consider having a beer every day to be, like, such a big deal. And, like, if someone, like, comes home and has, like, a glass of wine with dinner every day, then we don't consider it to be a thing. And obviously, like, weed is illegal in this country that we're in. Maybe it's not where you are. Um, so that kind of adds, like, an extra element of, like, it's breaking the law as well. And it's maybe putting, you know, putting yourself in a risky situation in terms of, like being in trouble with the popo do people call the police the popo or am i making that up no they do it sounds real I mean, cute some people it sounds adorable if somebody was getting drunk every day then i would be like very concerned and also yeah like think that was a need for a serious conversation and getting high isn't quite the same as getting drunk but that doesn't mean that it's not you know it's a mind-altering state and you know, it changes how a person behaves and how a person is and it changes your relationship. My, I had a friend from my old job and she, her boyfriend was smoking weed a lot and it was, it changed how he behaved and it made him not really want to do things um, and not kind of be like an active participant in their relationship. Active participant's a weird phrase, but sure. Um, <laughs> it's a really sexy way of talking about being in a relationship. Um, and she gave him an ultimatum and it didn't work because it doesn't work. Like if you have a conversation with somebody where you're like, this is really important to me and I don't think I can be in a relationship with somebody, you know, with you in this situation and they don't say like, okay, let's work out how we can fix this. And you know, I'll cut down or I'll do this or, you know, like if, (laughs) if the conversation doesn't go there, then the other option is that, so what happened with this couple was that he just kept smoking every day up until the day that she'd said, like, you have to have quit by this day. And oh that is not, that's not okay. Like that, <laughs> if you know that it's a deal breaker within a relationship, like, but you're still like, oh, but I'm going to push the boundaries right up until that last day. Even setting a date is like such a bad idea. It's It has to be like a, a, a constant conversation and a constant maybe compromise but yeah I think it's okay if you're not comfortable with it it's just yeah people can be different when they're on drugs every day 
<laughs> and it's not strange to be to feel strange about that. It's not strange to feel strange. It's so hard though, because I don't want. Yeah, like I never want to. That's just like criminalization of weed. That is, I think, bad. I don't want to say objectively yeah. bad, but leans more bad because it broadly, because of who it targets. Yeah, like the fact that we don't want to say that smoking weed is like a bad thing because I think that it should be legalized. But that doesn't mean that I would want to be in a relationship that was smoking it every single day. Like just because I support people's right to smoke weed occasionally if they want to, like, or to smoke weed generally if they want to. That doesn't mean that I personally would want to be in a relationship with someone who was smoking weed every single day. Dear Lex and Rosianna, I've been with my boyfriend for six years and he's my favorite person on the planet. The problem is I've just been offered a promotion at work. Realistically, I wasn't expecting this for at least another 18 months to two years, but it's nice to see hard work pay off. And it'll mean more hours and more stress, which I know will impact my relationship. I'm a very ambitious person when it comes to work, which my partner does understand. How do I ensure that going forward and continuing to progress at this rate, my relationship with my partner isn't neglected? I want to make sure that I get a good balance. Thanks for any questionable advice. Until the very end, Lorna. Well, now Uh. I feel sad. Um, (laughs) Well, congratulations on your Yeah, congrats. Um, I think that doing really kind of like almost cheesy grown-up relationship stuff um like and by grown-ups I mean you know like people who are much more adult than I am um (laughs) in terms of like having set date nights every week will help or set times that you always kind of hang out and protect to a certain degree so um whether that's like you always do breakfast on Sunday or you always um stay in and watch films on Friday or something like that, that you can have flexibility there in terms of if there are other social things that come up, but that as much as possible, as much as it is possible within your job, whatever kind of job it is, you protect that time. I think that like, it can be, it's harder if you are really rigid about it, like throughout the week and you say every single day I'm going to come home at this time, which is sometimes necessary, especially if there are like kids involved and stuff like that. But just being realistic, it sounds like your work is really important to you and you want to, yeah, you want to progress, you want to grow, um, that you do protect at least some small portion of your time. And I think that that will help you protect time throughout your week. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Lex, you've been in a relationship. What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, I definitely have to plan a lot. Um, because I have, like Rosianna, lots of jobs. So (laughs) I have a full-time job. I have my YouTube channel. I have all the extra stuff associated with the YouTube channel, which is a lot of behind the scenes stuff. I have this podcast. I have uh, some other things in the pipeline. Um, and you know, also trying to have a social life, a relationship, go to the gym occasionally, that kind of stuff. You Um, have a cat. And I have a cat. How could I forget? It's because she's asleep. She's not screaming at me, so I forgot she existed. And she knows that's how it works, which is why she's almost constantly screaming at me. Um, (laughs) So I have a lot going on. And I definitely, in the past, have had to, like, sit down at the beginning of each week, like, with a partner and be like, what are we doing and when? And it's like, maybe it doesn't seem, like, fun and spontaneous, but it ensures that you actually get to spend time with that person. Um, Because, you know, like, your boyfriend might also have a busy schedule and I think sometimes um when you're really busy and you know that you're the person who's maybe the busiest you kind of 
you might not do this, but I in the past have fallen into the trap of thinking like that the other person will somehow work around my schedule and like yeah that it's just like you know I'm so busy that I but I am free on Wednesday and that person's like well I'm not free on Wednesday and it's like well you have to be because it's the only day I'm free like and it's not really fair to put that on another person so I think forward planning is very important um because yeah it's just nice to it's nice to have something to look forward to in terms of like spending time with your partner but it's also just nice to um let them know that they're being factored in all the time right and that their plans are also being taken seriously and and so on and I think also maybe have an honest conversation with them about where you see um your career going because I'm sure you already have had that conversation but if it's gonna be like a continued growing of hours and stress then be honest about that or if it's a situation like where you have two intense years likely of loads of hours and loads of stress and that will pay off by later being able to do fewer hours like so many different industries work in different ways I know that in some like financial sector jobs there's a sense of like putting in your time so that you can have more flexible time later um and other jobs it's like okay no your hours will just grow and grow and 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 then and then you you retire um so it's just having the conversation about maybe where it's going and then including him and his, like, what he sees as, like, where he's, what he's thinking about. And then also, like, how that all makes him feel. Not to, like, prioritise him over how you feel, but just to kind of include him in that longer vision. It's like an extended version of Lexus forward planning as well. Yeah. Um, because it just makes you... It, I think it would just help you be more honest about future opportunities within your job. And it will also, I think sometimes, verbalizing it even to friends, like if you're not in a relationship, I often try and like talk as much as I can about where I'm at right now or where I'm at next. Um, because then if an opportunity does come up and it like looks very shiny, despite the drawbacks, my friends will be like, oh no, but didn't you say a couple of months ago or a couple of years ago, xyz about what you wanted in a job and i'll be like you're right i did so i think that on both Mm -hmm. sides like it it will help you be open about where you are it will help your uh, partner's sense of like being included and being part of it and you'll learn more about them and what they want but it will also help you kind of focus your priorities going forward as well nice i just had a thought when you were talking about retirement (laughs) which was this isn't related to (laughs) as one does as one does. This isn't related to the question or anything, but I think a lot of people listening to this podcast are probably around the same age as us, like in their 20s. Yeah. Um, get a pension if you can. <laughs> I know this isn't a pensions advice podcast, um, but I, I have lots of conversations with people where they're like, yeah, I haven't really bothered with that pension thing yet. I think you should get a pension. Yeah. That's my, that's my, that's what I want you to take away from this podcast. Nothing romantic about it. Just a pension because you, like, I I had a scary presentation at work is what happened. I got scared straight by the pensions man. He said, like, you are, he showed me a scary graph that basically said that when you, you get used to a certain standard of living based on your income and then when you retire, 
you kind of forget that you're going to keep wanting to live the same life and in fact maybe do more cool things and like go on fun trips and like do lots of stuff um and you're going to have an income shortfall because your pension is going to be nowhere near the amount that you were making before so basically you should get a pension this is fascinating i mean also on the other hand will the world exist when we're at retirement age probably not well but it's also i think saving is important anyway i think yeah. even if the world birds and hellfire i think it's important and the best way to take advantage of compound interest is to start as soon as physically possible compound interest is never gonna work as well as if you start today that's all I'll say. wow compound interest interest on top of interest it, it works through time and the and longer space. time you have on on of saving the longer time your money has to sit at gringotts the better it's gonna do as long as your bank doesn't fail, which is also a concern sometimes. Um, but, you know, if you do want to make the most of um, time, then that's the way to do it, I would say, probably. As someone who hasn't properly focused on that yet, because I've still got fucking student loans that I'm so close, but not close enough to pay off. Yeah, but that you're a person who's actually, you're actively <laughs> paying off your student loans, which is very impressive, because I, like most people, I'm just like, eh, it's like an extra tax that comes out of my comes out of my paychecks i'll deal with that at some point eventually um but that's so not what... i mean in the uk our student loans for context are tied to um uh the rate of inflation so it's not like in other countries where student loans are crazy like i mean yeah. they're still really unfair and the interest rates just went up which i'm really pissed about but <laughs> at the same time it's not yeah i mean like there are lots of different ways of doing it this has just been the way that that i've chosen what we're saying is save for the future that this earth might possibly not have. That's correct. That is my position. Put it on my manifesto when I run for prime minister. I just found one of my cat's whiskers on the ground. So that's mine now. <laughs> I'm going to taunt her with face. it. Yeah, I'm going to super glue it to my face. No, I'm just going to show her and be like, hey, I have this. Although I shouldn't because anytime I show her hair, she tries to eat it. Um, anyway, sorry, I was a tangent, but I just thought that lots of people listening may not, it may not even have occurred to them to get a pension and they may think that's not a thing I really need, but you, the earlier you get it, the better. Please get a pension if you can. Anyway. (laughs) This final question is from Britt who says, hi Lex and Rosianna, a recent video by Melanie Murphy got me thinking about chemistry versus compatibility. What do you think is more important in a relationship? I have turned down people in the past who I'd be compatible with because there wasn't any chemistry. Do you think I should be giving people a chance when there isn't chemistry or should I wait it out? I've only met one person with both and I'm worried that my standards are too high. Thank you for the lovely podcast, Brit. Sorry, I was distracted because my sister just Facebook messaged the entire flat saying, is the lemon on the kitchen table anybody at anybody's lemon? So now I'm urgently and saying, did you say that it was yours? don't eat my lemon! Lex Don't likes to eat whole lemons. Lemon. I eat lemons like they're um, grapefruits. Like I just cut them in half and spoon out the insides and it's delicious. I mean, lemons are so yummy. Mmm, it's so good. But I'm I, like, some people are horrified by that because they're so acidic, obviously. And like, even thinking about it kind of makes my tongue hurt, but in a good way, you know? I... <laughs> I burnt holes in my tongue once by eating a lemon. By well, I say a lemon by eating like four lemons in a week, which is not good for your stomach or your teeth. Anyway, Britt had a question. <laughs> what is more important? I just, I guess it depends on what you want from the relationship. Um, which is not to say that both can't lead to long relationships. Probably, it's just more that like 
is it more important I don't know like what's more important to you immediately and what's more important to you long term does that make sense I don't know I'm just saying words now I think you're right well okay here's what I think is that like chemistry is what attracts you to a person and compatibility yeah. is what keeps you with them like yeah you you sometimes have both and that's very lucky um I actually a couple of times now like people I've dated I've met up with them and I've sensed like compatibility I've sensed that they are the kind of person that I can imagine myself spending a lot of time with but I haven't necessarily felt the chemistry straight away um I don't think you should rule people out because you don't feel instant chemistry because I yeah have gone on multiple first dates that have been like you know we had a good time and we chatted and had fun but I didn't feel like that spark of like I must jump your bones now or like you know in another non-sexual way like romantic way that I was into them um and then that sometimes just grows and if you're compatible with someone and you enjoy spending time with them I do think it's worth giving it like a few dates to see obviously don't let it drag on for a while and obviously um there'll be a certain point where you'll be like no okay this definitely isn't happening but for me it's like reached the third date and I've still been not sure about someone and then something changes like you start looking forward to seeing them more and then there's just that little spark of like excitement and then you find that there's the chemistry and that is a thing apparently that's actually a thing that's happened quite a lot to a lot of my friends and it's so funny seeing them switch from like reporting back about dates and being like yeah like they were fine and then (laughs) all of a sudden it's like oh okay you're seeing each other every single day um I'll speak to you in five years (laughs) you're like you know it's kind of an amazing switch that being said I mean there is also like chemistry isn't necessarily um just by what we're saying or anything it's not a shallow thing like it it can be something really important and like central to a relationship with anyone in your life. Um, and it can also help with the longevity of a relationship, I think, because it kind of is that like strange connection that you can't maybe put into words. Whereas I feel like compatibility is often easier to explain and verbalize. And like we're compatible because we're both uh, pragmatic or we're compatible because he loves cooking and, and I love um, eating <laughs> and I love eating like that kind of thing like it seems it's I at least the way people talk about it it seems much more um straightforward whereas chemistry is a bit of like je ne sais quoi and that can also obviously um contribute to to like a successful relationship of any kind I think I also hate this concept of standards I have to say I don't think anyone's standards are ever too high I really don't yeah it's it's weird it's like actually in the one scenario where i can understand like the kind of high standards thing it's not necessarily a high standards thing it's more just like giving things a chance which yeah because sometimes it's not about you yeah it's not about a person meeting a certain standard it's about a person not instantly being like what you would imagine you would want you said you've only met one person with both but you will meet more people and yeah i think sometimes it's just about giving people that little bit of a extra chance to prove that you can have both. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Remember that you can send in your questions to makeoutwithhim at gmail.com and you can use the hashtag, hashtag makeoutwithhim and you can tweet us at makeoutwithhim. Although Frank Turner, if you're listening, I don't want you to tweet at me. I don't want 
to know that you know that I told that story. Frank, stop listening to my podcast. Oh my God. The end. Roll the outro. (laughs) If you're in need of advice, if you don't know what to do, then write to Lex and Rosie Anna and they might just answer 